peoples of the worldwide federated internets, what is good? We gonna try to reason with some people today. I want to get right to it today. I want to go over this verse that at the time I first read this verse, it was these two verses. They were very confusing. They appear to contradict themselves. And whenever you run into something like that in the Bible, chew on it, compare scripture, look at some commentaries, see what other people said about it. But let me correct something because people have this, this idea that I think is actually very dangerous. There's not two biblical truths. The Bible says what it says. It's not, there's, there's no what God showed you and what God showed me. I hear a lot of people say this. Well, God showed this preacher something else. No, the Bible says what it says and means what it means. Now I could be wrong. If, if, if I'm looking at these verses and I'm wrong and somebody shows me from the Bible that I'm wrong, I will concede I'm wrong, but there is no what God showed me and what God showed you. Now that's hogwash. The Bible says what it says. It means what it means. But anyway, in a book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verse four and five, the Bible says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. And the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. The first time I read that wrapping my brain around this, I was like, God, what what is going on? What like what am I missing? You got to you got to look at the Bible and compare the Bible with the Bible. OK, so in Proverbs chapter twenty nine and verse nine, the Bible says, if a wise man contend with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. And in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 14, the Bible says the beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water, therefore leave off contention before it be meddled with. Now, along with that, we have examples of the Lord Jesus Christ acting out these very verses from Proverbs 26. We, we see him exercising the wisdom in these verses, if you read your Bible and pay attention. So we're going to start, we're going to go through a, a couple different references. We're going to start in a book of Matthew chapter 15 and verse one. The Bible says, then came Jesus, uh, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were, of, which were of Jerusalem saying, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of, of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them. So he didn't directly address that. But look at what he says. Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? And same same book, the Gospel of Matthew, 
Matthew chapter 16 and verse 1. The Bible says the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed. He dropped the truth on them, dipped. Okay, so chapter 21, verse 23. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority do, uh, doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, which if ye tell me, I am likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned within themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, whew, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. So why did I go over those verses? I want to reason with some people today, but I want you to understand something. I am not going to go back and forth with in circular arguments with people. I am I'm going to practice what this Bible verse says. I am not going to answer a fool according to his folly. Lest I be just like him. We're not going to go in circles. We're not going to do that. But I'm not going to allow you to just say something and walk away. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to drop truth on you unless in your own mind, in your own conceit, you think what you believe is wise because it's not. So that's the nuance in these verses. And, and I, I hope I hope I've explained that good enough for you. I, I hope I showed you what the Bible says and what these verses are getting at. So let's get to what I'm getting to. You riot, you loot, you destroy your neighborhood, whether you are the one who incited that or not. It's even more foolish if you allow somebody else to come into your neighborhood to incite looting, destroying people, businesses, and you follow suit. You, you, you can't be that naive. If it's that, think about this. If it is that easy to lead people by the nose, if it was as simple as some anarchist coming into your neighborhood, breaking some windows and going in and you following them, what do you think the news is doing to you? I want you to chew on that. But this is what I want to tell you. You go into your neighborhoods. Let, let's say you tear this country down. Let's say you tear this country to the ground. Do you think you're affecting the rich people? 
You think rich people don't have an escape? You think rich people are going to be subject to the same chaos as the poor? No, that is not what's going to happen. Look, a lot of you have never been outside the country. I have a long 22 year career. I'm not going to get into that. But in my career, I've been to many third world countries. I've been to countries and places that most of you would be scared to go. And I'm not gangster like that. I'm not built like that. But I'm telling you, some of you, some of you air quote gangsters would not dare step foot in some of the countries I've gone to. But that's neither here nor there. What are you going to do when this country falls apart? I have been to third world countries. You know who thrives in third world countries? The wealthy. You know why? Because they can afford to. You know who's subject to the poverty, to the to the madness, to warlords, the poor. So let's say you achieve your air quotes goal and you tear this country down. Who do you think is going to be affected most by an unstable America? You oh, you think oh, you thought the rich people was going to be affected by nobody. Is going to be you and your family. You, the ones who are out there looting, the ones who are out there tearing up your own neighborhoods. When you tear up your neighborhood, who's going to rebuild that neighborhood? Let's let me put this in pers- into perspective for you. Let's say I'm a business owner. Let's say I own Target. I'm watching what's going on. I'm watching people tear up these neighborhoods. I'm watching as as stores are looted. I'm I'm watching as I'm watching as I'm watching my profits walk out the door because whether you like it or not, business is about profits. People want to make money. I'm watching as my profits walk out the door. You know what I say to myself if I'm the CEO of Target? Now when I look to put Target in a place, I'm looking at demographics. I'm looking at crime rate. I'm looking at where the rioting and the looting was. And I'm like, mm, no, we're not going to we're not going to place our stores in this areas. This is going to work out one of two ways. Either you tear the country up. And the rich people go their way and they still survive. And we have an unstable country full of warlords and war factions because that's the only thing that happens. I'm telling you, I've been to these third world countries. I know how this works. Unlike most of you that have been in the comfort of your homes your whole entire life, I have been to these countries where it is not like this. And you have no idea. You have no idea what you're asking for. So let's say let's say you you achieve that. You tear up the country. Well, now the country's tore up and unstable and there's a bunch of warring factions and warlords. And so so you think that's better than what we have now? Use your brain. Use your brain. Okay, so let's say that doesn't happen. The country's, you know, comes through this, we're stable. You've now added to your impoverished neighborhood, you've added poverty on top of poverty. Because as I said, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking at this, I'm like, yeah, we ain't going to none of these neighborhoods. I'm not putting my business in these neighborhoods just to put myself at risk if something like this happens again. 
Here's another thing for my urbanites. When people when people stereotype you, well, it, and this is not black, white, Hispanic. It doesn't matter if you're an urbanite, you're in these urban centers. There's a, there's a certain culture to urbanites, right? So people can tell an urbanite. So when people perceive you as an animal, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, like I said, it doesn't matter. You're an urbanite. You have a certain look and a certain demeanor about you. Y'all know what I mean. So when people see you as an animal for the black people, you'll say, oh, that's racist. I'm telling you, I'm watching the news and I'm looking at this stuff. And as a black man, I'm like, these people are acting like animals. Now, I'm not saying that it's nothing but black people acting like animals. There's white people mixed in a crowd, too. There's Hispanic people. It's all it's all racist. That's what I'm saying to urbanites, not just the black people, to urbanites. When the rest of the country, what you call, quote unquote, flyover country, sees you as animals, why do you think they see you that way? You think that's based on nothing? I'm trying to reason with you. I'm trying to reason with you. So you can see that this is not the way. And for those of you who are, I'm all about liberty, all about liberty. I'm all about freedom. But let's think about this. There is citizens violating the rights of other citizens. Is this not what the government is for? To protect the rights of citizens. So to all you people screaming freedom. See you you scream freedom. But you don't know how this works. This is why we have a government. Right. This is the true purpose of government. Protect our borders. International trade. And to keep people from infringing upon the rights of other people. So when the government comes in. And there is martial law. Whose fault is that? Oh, that's right. It's big, bad Trump, the tyrant. No, it's your fault. You brought this upon yourself. I'm trying to reason with people. That's my goal today is the reason with you. Can we reason? Can there be some common sense? Can we find another way? Not only is this not the only way, it's not the way at all. We need to do better. We need to think or we are going to reap the rewards of this folly. And I don't think most people are prepared for that. You think about people in urban communities. How, how many people in urban communities are prepared for a destabilized country? Five percent, maybe, if that. Do you know who is prepared for, for a destabilized country, all of these people in air quote flyover country and all of these air quote rednecks that you always crit criticize and ridicule, oh, they're prepared. They know how to hunt. They know how to live off the land. Do you? So who's going to survive if this all goes down like some of you anarchists wanted to go down? Come on, man. Use your heads. Stay frosty, people.